Welcome to the Tiffany Talks podcast show where I discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others in 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Tiffany Patlin, a health and wellness coach, motivational speaker, best-selling author of Unlocking Your Ability to Heal, a blessed ambassador where we share a need and meet a need, founder of Cosmic Sweets, Herbal Potions, and Tiffany Patlin Health and Wellness, where I use my life experience of overcoming a life of abuse to help people just like you discover your own unique path to healing and happiness. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Hello, everyone. Today is a great day. I feel like I've missed you all. I haven't been doing, you know, podcast interviews lately because there's been so much that I've been working on. So I'm just, I'm just happy to be back here. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Katie Jean Marzoff, and I'm going to read you her bio. She is a an author, and I'm so excited to share with you about her book, which I have read. I'll be sharing her my review about her book a little later. So Katie has spent more than 20 years studying and memorizing the Bible. The result is a novel, simple, and easily accessible perspective for interpreting biblical scripture, as laid out in her first book, The One Body of Christ. She currently resides in Wilmington, North Carolina. Let's welcome Katie. Hi, Katie. Hey, How are you doing today? I'm doing super. I'm so glad to be on this show of yours. Awesome. And I'm glad to have you because your book is amazing and people need to know more about it so they can get their hands on it and, and learn. So let's just get right into it. And I would like to start by asking you, what prompted you to write this book? Well, I tell you what, it, as with a lot of things, I feel like it's best in life that we do what we most enjoy doing, or at least that we have some time in our life to spend doing what we most enjoy. And for me, that happens to be writing. And I think that probably started for me back when I was a child and we would go up to the Boston area in a small town called Hull. It was a seaside town. And whenever we went there in the summers to visit our grandparents, we the first thing we would do is go to the library. And I would go to the library and check out these books, the Bobsy Twins and the Boxcar Children. And oh. I don't think, you know, the Bobsy Twins are so, the books are so old from the early 1900s that our library didn't have those. So I was so excited to go there every year and check them out. And I think the magic of the area, the Boston light, uh, the view of the Boston light and the, the seawall and hunting for crabs under uh, the mm. rocks at the stony beach, just something about that magical area kind of drew out that inspiration to start writing my own books. And so as a small 
I don't know how young I was, probably somewhere between um, seven and 10, I started writing the beginnings of my first novels, but they never got very far. I would just start them out and never finished. Um, but that was just how much I liked to write. And I think that continued on. But fast forward to um, about the year 2010, I had just had an experience where I lost a wonderful friendship or what, I, you know, it was a dear friend of mine. I lost her friendship and it just devastated me. And I was just, um, I was just so depressed. I was in a really bad state and I spent so much time wishing that I wasn't here on this earth anymore. And I just couldn't see any point to my life anymore. And, you, you know, I guess it was because I had valued her so much, even though I had a husband, three children that loved me, I had bought into the idea that I needed a best friend and I had chosen her because she was just so fascinating to me. And she had all the characteristics I wish that I had as a person. And just that whole process of not being able to have what it was I wanted most in the world that I didn't have already just devastated me. And I think that that process led me to some actual real healing within myself that I didn't even know I needed. I didn't realize how codependent I was and I didn't realize um, what kind of value. I thought I was putting God first in my life. I was getting up super early and memorizing scripture, reading scripture, praying, doing all the things that I thought I should be doing. Um, but there was still something that wasn't quite there for me yet. And so it took me needing to go through this really traumatic time and to go through the process of healing internally before I could finally uh, feel better about myself and not need to have all the affirmation and certain things in life that I thought I needed before. So Basically, the, the whole process of going through healing, I had to go through the process of forgiving. Even though, even though I loved and cared about my friend, I was a bit angry that she had tossed me aside as unnecessary. And so I had to go through uh, a period of time where I needed to forgive. And one of the scripture verses that meant a lot to me was Mark eleven twenty five where it says, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven can forgive you. Mm. And I think that really said something to me because I wondered, well, I feel like God has already forgiven me. I think that's not dependent on me doing anything at all. However, if I'm holding a something up and saying that I'm holding this against you, for instance, let me just say, if my husband did not unload the dishwasher this morning and I was wanting him to do that, but he did not, and I'm holding something against him because I, uh, inside of me, I'm thinking, you know, if only he had unloaded the dishwasher, I would be a much happier person right now. Mm. To me, that's putting a wall between him and myself and not letting my love flow freely to him. And so even such small things as that, I mean, this really got me thinking about that I was actually holding things against people that I didn't realize that I was doing. 
And one of the things that really helped me in the healing was my writing process, because whenever I write, I can't write from a place of anger, or I could, but it's not as effective, I found, as when I go and get real quiet inside and go into the center of my being. And suddenly there's not all that anger and resentment and all the issues that I had those things are just all gone. And so I can write from a point and place of love. And so that, that whole healing of whenever I would feel some anger against my friend, I would write her a letter that I may or may not have sent. And just that process of dealing with the anger and the um, irritation and the disappointment, the great disappointment inside of myself really helped me to heal. And during this whole process of healing, I discovered a lot of really important things that I feel like the world could really benefit from. Because as you know, there's a lot of hurt and trauma and um, just people lost in this world, including myself. I have been there. So I feel like if I manage to come out of that, I know I have something to share with the world. And when the writing program came along, uh, back in August, and I found it, I knew this was the answer to my prayers, because I'd been looking for some kind of a platform or some kind of place where I could get support as well as to understand how you write a book. And so that was the impetus. I'd been working on the One Body of Christ for about 10 years in my mind, but really hadn't come to the point of figuring out how to actually get it all together. It was all just kind of a few writings here and there, and, um, and, and none of it was really a solid thing until I started the writing program that I joined. And then it was that was the backbone I needed at the right time. And I feel like the timing is everything. Uh, a lot of the things I had written, say, eight years ago, seven years ago, even five years ago, I did not include in the book because they weren't as relevant as I thought they would be. So we learned so much and that's what I found through writing the book and um, just being able to share from, from things that I've gleaned that help people to focus on not just our differences, but what we hold in common with one another. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you, you said a lot of good stuff. I had to take my notes so I didn't forget. It was like one thing after another. Like um, number one was you mentioned the boxcar children. I feel like nobody knows who they are. And I used to love reading those books. Uh, for those that don't know, it's about four kids. And I, I believe their parents died and they were scared to live with their grandfather, if I remember correctly, because they thought he was mean. So they were as actually homeless and they found an old boxcar and they started living in it. And um, so I resonate with that from, you know, the time that I, my experience from when I was homeless. Um, but it was just a, a beautiful book uh, series that I used to love reading when I was little. So it was kind of, kind of sweet that you are aware of that book series. Um, and then um, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that, how you felt about how you've had those thoughts of not wanting to live anymore, because I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people will look at us, me, you and other people, and we just we would never think that people have those thoughts. We think we're the only ones with those thoughts. But I feel like that thought 
of not wanting to be alive is more common than we realize. Um, Other people, it's not like we start an introduction and say, oh, hi, yeah, by the way, I've thought about not living anymore. You know what I mean? It's not something that people share, but I think it's a very, very common thing. So thank you for touching on that because I feel like it gives us, by sharing things like that, it gives other people permission to know it's okay to have those thoughts. It's okay. You know, you're human. You know, things are happening. Like you mentioned, the trauma, it's all around. So naturally we will have those thoughts, but God, <laughs> right? And right. Um, Absolutely. I totally agree. I know when I was in that situation, I felt like people didn't really want to be around me. And I, I don't know if it was just my imagination because sometimes when we're in a bad place, we can project you know, just kind of like you take and feel, oh, those people don't want to be around me. But I actually heard people say, oh, you know, they're always, you know, they're always wanting attention of other people. They would say that of other people that were seemed to always be in a bad way. And I thought, well, I don't want them to see me that way. You know, that I'm always like that, that I need attention, that I need some kind of help. So it is very difficult to be able to reach out for help because not everybody wants to hear downer stories every day and put up with that. So thank, thank goodness for God. Thank goodness that he listens and it never gets tired of hearing our difficulties and our challenges. And, and when we get beyond that, that's not all we have to talk about anymore. That's, that's just, you know, of course it's a part of life, I think, to be challenged, but what comes out of those challenges is what I'm here to talk about. And I think what you're here to talk about, because we were so very challenged at one time in our lives. And even still today, we have challenges. But what has come out of that is so much greater and we could never have imagined it. It's yeah. just incredible. I wouldn't have believed it. I was in such a bad state and I had words of prophecy spoken over me several times. I would just go from one prophetic person to another, just looking for some good, positive words, just just like, Lord, is there some reason for me to be here? Please tell me what it is. And, and people would just tell me stuff and I couldn't believe, oh, so that must mean that I'm going to get out of this one of these days. I'm not going to have this heaviness just pressing down on my head and making my thinking all foggy. But sure enough, it really did happen. And, and I'm just so thankful. And it, if it happened to me, I know it can happen to anybody because I am nobody more special than anyone else. And I'm, I'm here to tell everybody that, that everybody's valuable, but nobody's more special than anyone else. I agree with that completely. Even, even if you're listening right now and you don't feel valued or special you are, you really, really are, um, you're God's child, you know, just that alone makes you special. So I'm really glad you shared that because that, that's beautiful. And I also love how you talked about forgiveness. And I love how you spoke about that, how you thought about how, well, God has forgiven us. So we are, we have the capability to, you know, forgive other people. And it's so freeing when you do that. You know, how you mentioned the heaviness when we hold that stuff in, it adds to that heaviness. And when you release it, you surrender that. Uh, you just, that's the best way I personally can describe it. It's just, it's so, so freeing. You just feel free. And who doesn't want to feel that? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> 
And then you mentioned um, about all the different uh, times, like the eight years and the 10 years. And uh, I resonate with that um, because for me, I mean, it's been more than 10 years now since I published my book, but I had talked with my best friend, Jessica, um, who's been praying with me my whole life um, about writing a book, but I never, I just thought, oh, you know, I've gone through so much crap in my life. I should put it in a book. It'll be entertaining. But that's far from what it really is today. You know, it's really about making that positive impact in people's lives, just like what you're doing and all the other authors and, you know, in the community that we know. And it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing all that. It's it's good stuff. Um. I have a question about what your thoughts are on um, people say that when they read the Bible, they don't understand it. So what would you say to those people who say that? Well, I would say that's totally understandable (laughs) that people don't understand the Bible because there is a lot of... um, hidden meaning within the words. And some of it is in um, meanings that people of the time would understand. And even when Jesus was walking on the earth, he did come around and and speak to people in parables to try and help make uh, spirituality a real thing for people to understand that the kingdom of heaven was within them. And there was it was not something to be pointed to as when it's coming. He said a lot of things about the kingdom of heaven, but he never said, this is the kingdom of heaven. So it can be very confusing to try and read anything in the Bible and make sense out of it. And certainly I spent lots and lots of years and still didn't understand it all. And I know I still don't understand everything in there, but there are certain perspectives and certain ways of looking at the Bible and understanding it from wherever we happen to be at the time. And that's how it will resonate the most. So I would say to read it where you are right now and see if it's speaking something to you. And if not, move on to a different passage. And in the one body of Christ, I show people a way to uh, find the part of you that is always here and can never leave. That's the presence of God and that's his presence within you. And when you're able to see things from that perspective, it will open up a lot of the scripture verses to make help them make more sense. So there, there are many different ways to look at scripture verses. And, and I completely understand the confusion that there might be, especially in the Old Testament, where there's a lot of um, family history, et cetera, going on that that may not make sense. And that's fine. It it may not be something you should be reading right now. I think it's important that people go to something that is going to make sense and is going to uh, help you in your daily life, not confuse you. Yes, I agree with that. What would you recommend to people that they don't actively sit there and read the Bible, but with this talk, they're inspired and they're thinking to themselves, you know what? I think I'm going to start reading the Bible. Would you recommend that they read it from the beginning to the end? Or is there a specific book, maybe Proverbs? Like what would you say or suggest that people start with? Uh, Probably not start at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. I would say the New Testament is probably a good place to start. Um, 
And again, it really, I feel like we need to be more spontaneous with some of this because oftentimes people will give us advice and we start reading there and it, it's just not resonating or feeling um, relevant to our life right now. And so if that's the case, I feel it's, it's perfectly fine to flip through and see something that does seem relevant. Um, because I, I do believe sometimes that you can just open up the Bible to a certain spot and it will speak to you right there. Sometimes no, but other times that's what you need to do is just open up the Bible and start reading from there and not worry about what somebody told you to start reading. Yes, I, I've experienced that in my own personal life, actually. I, I've heard that too, where people say, oh, you just thumb through it and then just open it. And like, that's going to be what speaks to you. But that doesn't always work. That has happened a couple times, but it doesn't always work. And like you said, opening the Bible and flipping through it to see what resonates with you. And a tip, something that I do is like, if I'm going through something, I will Google, like, let's just say, I don't know, let's just say I'm dealing with a lot of stress. I will Google um, scripture, scriptures that talk about that or scriptures that talk about forgiveness, scriptures that talk about healing, and it lays it all out for you. So you can actually, you know, create your own prayer using those scriptures. That's something I've learned that when you combine your own words with a scripture, it makes your prayer like that much more powerful. <laughs> so I, I think that's a good suggestion to just um, definitely read what speaks to you. And um, I find the New Testament fascinating. I mean, the whole Bible is fascinating, but I agree with you. Even when I started reading it from the very beginning and there was things in there and I was like, what? Like, yeah. But then once you, once you start learning a little bit more and understanding more, it all starts to fall into place. I feel like things start to make sense and you start to understand. I don't think there's one person in the world that understands the Bible fully. Do you? <laughs> no, not possible. <laughs> I mean, to say something's not possible is not probably the right thing to say, but it's highly unlikely. There's so much and they call it the living Bible, the living word. And um, my understanding of that is that it's kind of like a movie. You watch a movie and you pick up on things, but then you watch it for a second time and you pick up on things that you didn't pick up on the first time. And I feel like reading the Bible is the same way. You read it the first time and you'll pick up on things and then you read it again and you learn something new or you have a new perspective or you know a light bulb, you know, revelation, things happen. And and so that's why I think it's important to continue reading. Have you experienced that when you were reading the Bible all those years? Yes, absolutely. There were a lot of things that I would read and pick something up one day. And then five years later, I come through and then something entirely different is hitting me and not hitting me, but, you know, making an impact on me. And I feel like it's that way. I do talk about a little bit in the One Body of Christ where there are so many examples where we miss things in our everyday life, not just reading through the Bible, but in our everyday life that we'll go to the grocery store and we don't see everything that's there on the shelves. We're not there to get everything on the shelves. We're there to get specific things. We've got a list or we've got ideas in our mind of what we want. Some days we're looking around, but I mean, there's just all these things that pass us by. And I don't even know if you all have, have ever seen like Pharaoh, you know, what is that? Why would you be looking for Pharaoh? I don't know, but I look for Pharaoh because I eat a lot of whole grains. 
And so I go to the store and I see that, but maybe other people would not see that. Um, all the different things that I've seen on the store shelves that are coming, popping up that, wow, today I'm noticing them, but yesterday I did not notice them at all. And sometimes it, it happens to be there's a recipe that calls for a certain ingredient. So suddenly I have a need for that. And so mm -hmm. I'm looking for it. And I feel it can be the same way with scripture. Then until we have a need for seeing things in a certain way or um, having a particular outcome from, you know, if we are feeling uh, angry about something, if we're looking for all the scriptures to help us with anger, and Google's a wonderful resource for that, you're right, um, that we will see those scriptures more readily. Um, so I feel like that's the way it is with spiritual things that sometimes so certain things are not revealed to us until we have a need or just are starting to look for them. Yeah. God's perfect timing. <laughs> I love that. Um, so the one body of Christ, what would you say is your favorite part of the book? Like, do you have a favorite story that you share or a favorite chapter? And if so, would you share that with us? Sure, absolutely. I think one of my favorites anyway is the part about how I got my name. And it all started when I was going through a lot of things, probably before the big uh, deal with my friend. At any rate, I was feeling like things were changing inside of me. I was starting to be more of a uh, outgoing person. I was starting to feel like my life was getting a little better in order. And, and I felt like God was telling me I was going to have a shift. And what happened to people in the Bible, they would have a name change whenever there was some kind of a shift that Abram, his name was changed to Abraham. And there were so many other, uh, Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. There were a lot of name changes in the Bible. And so I felt God was telling me that I would have a name change. So, so I said, Lord, I'm not so good with names. Please help me with that. I mean, my daughter's great with names. I know other people are great with coming up with names, but I just don't, if you're telling me what my name should be, I have no idea. And at the time, my name was just Jean Marzoff. And I happened to go to a, um, one of my friends took me to a prophetic person that they were doing a church, um, a church, you know, one of those things they do in the evening. It wasn't regular church, but it was a special church service. And apparently she would call everybody up who was new. And so she called me up and she told me, uh, well, she didn't call me up. She called Catherine to come up and I would, and she was looking right at me, but I thought, no, she must be looking at somebody behind me. My name is not Catherine, it's Jean. And we were introduced that way. But she said, you and the pink sweater, you need to come up here, Catherine. And so I came up, I'm like, what in the world is she calling me Catherine for? She must've just forgotten my name. Well, then she starts to call me Catherine. She said, I have the anointing of Catherine Kuhlman, who was a wonderful evangelist that is no longer with us, but she had wonderful healings happen in her services. And she said, I would write great books. Such penmanship has never been seen before. Uh, she said, I would be, I would be able to heal people without laying hands on them. And so I was just astounded because I was a nobody in the world and I, and I still am, so to speak. But at any rate, I was, nobody had ever said things like that about me before. And I think that had a direct impact on me 
And from that time on, my friends started calling me Katie Jean. And as a result, that's what my nickname is right now is Katie Jean and my pen name as well, because I found out that the name Katie or Catherine means pure. And I believe that God was telling me my nature, my internal nature is pure. And that he was just trying to help me understand. I don't think any, I'm any more pure than anybody else, but I needed help with that. And that's what I needed to know. And so that's why that was his new name for me. And there were several other situations that um, came up after that to confirm that as my name, which I talk about in the book, but I know we're running a little bit short on time, so I don't want to go into all of that. But as a result of my name change, though, um, I also came to find out that what anybody calls me is really irrelevant. It's more about how I'm feeling inside and it's the well-being inside of myself that's important. And as long as I'm in touch with that, then my actual name is not so important. And to remember that I am pure and that there is nothing impure about me as far as the essence of my being that God has given me, that that's the encouragement that I have for myself as well as for everybody else to know their, their, their purity within them that God has given each person. Wow. I was about to ask you, what is it that you hope people get from reading your book? And I feel like you just answered that. So that, that is beautiful. Uh, real quick. I did just want to share my review of uh, Katie's book. Uh, the one body of Christ is a beautiful read. I love how Katie Jean points out how spiritual ignorance is discovered in much the same way as finding previously unknown things in the material world. She uses biblical scripture throughout the book and relates it to everyday life experiences and perspectives one may not have seen before. I love how she touches on Muslim, Buddhism, and Hinduism, leading up to the fact that there is only one true and ever-present Father God who has filled the entire universe with himself. If you want to dig deep into scripture and new perspectives, this is the book for you. And you can get it right now on Amazon and all the links will be in the description box below. Thank you so much, Jean, for coming on. Katie Jean, for coming on and talking about your story and your book. I'm so grateful for that. Um, yeah, so just thank you. Well, thank you, Tiffany. I've enjoyed it so much. You bet. Um, take care and we will be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Woohoo, that was a good one. Thank you to everybody listening and watching today's episode, whether that was live or on replay. Please comment with what resonated with you. And as always, I greatly appreciate all of your hearts and reviews. You can help me reach my 2022 goal to spread the word of healing by inviting your friends and family to like and follow on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen at your leisure on the top 10 podcast distribution channels. And today, I don't have a quote, but I just want to say, get that Bible and start reading it and see what speaks to you. I'm Tiffany Patlin signing off until the, ex until the next episode. And remember, your voice matters and take care. Bye.